Hey everyone, welcome to the Within Her Soul podcast. I'm Jordan. And I'm Sydney. And we are two Jesus-loving women who have a lot to say about living as Christians in this modern day world. We deep dive into tough to talk about topics that we know you're battling with. We expose all things relationships, soul care, sex, healing from your past, and more. We give practical advice in these areas, but also share comedic stories of our own lessons learned and normalize what being a Christian woman in today's society is really like. So buckle up, friend. It's going to get real, real quick. Welcome back to Within Her Soul podcast. Thanks for being with us this week. So today we are going to talk about something that we actually received. I received a um, message about on Instagram. She mentioned that she was really encouraged by one of our episodes talking about hearing God's voice, but she, as soon as she feels like she's starting to listen to the Lord and like, and lean into him, she starts to feel attacked by the enemy. And we know this is true because in first Peter five, eight through nine, it tells us be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Um, And then it goes on to tell us, resist him, standing firm in the faith. So we know from scripture, from this verse and so many others, that the enemy is going to try to attack you. That is what he does. But praise be to God, we do not have to live under those attacks. And like I said, it goes on to say, resist him, standing firm in the faith. So if God is telling us to resist him, to stand firm in the faith, clearly it's possible to stand firm in our faith and resist him, if that makes sense. So we're going to dive into that scripture a little bit more here in a little bit. But for now, we wanted to share a bit of personal insight. If you hear little baby noises, my daughter is sitting next to me. And so um, hopefully it won't be too loud or distracting. But for now, we just wanted to talk a little bit about our personal insight and how we both experienced this in our own lives, because it is such a real thing. And when you're going through this, it feels like such a struggle. But we want you to know that this is not something that you have to live under because you have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And there's literally nothing in the world that nothing in the spiritual world that can come against that. We're also going to give you some very practical and applicable actions to walk away with today so that you know exactly what to do if and when this happens to you. Um, And if it hasn't happened to you yet, you can be prepared for whenever it does. Yeah. I think my main like purpose for this episode too is to not fear it. It's almost, and and it sounds weird to say to expect it, but you you expect it with like, a prepared heart, not a fearful one. And I think for all new believers, especially it's okay. If you feel like you're a little fearful of that, but just know the Lord doesn't call us to fear the enemy. Like he says, you know, we, what is it? He, we stomp on his head, you know, with our head of the serpent. Yes, exactly. And even when he's nipping at our heels, you know, we know that he'll do that, but we actually have the same authority that Jesus does because he died on the cross for us and we are baptized with the Holy spirit. And so this message should be a positive one. It's not always watch your back, always look around, always be, you know what I mean? And I do think as Christians, I think sometimes we always sometimes even blame the enemy for coming at us all the time. You know, we're like speaking that over the protection God has actually given us. And so that would be my first just kind of PSA for this message. It's not that we have to worry about him. It's just 
we want you to be equipped and knowing that you don't have to worry about him and that there's actually an overcomer in you because Jesus died for you. And so that's just what I wanted to say on that. Yeah. And just to add to that, like my biggest thing, and you know, Jordan, I think that I used to fear that some, I used to fear, Oh, what if, you know, what if I'm attacking? I would almost, my biggest thing was anxiety. And so I would have anxiety about having anxiety. <laughs> like <laughs> I would fear the fear coming. And so I would make myself upset, like fearing that it was going to happen. And so it's yeah. just like this cycle. And it, it honestly, like you don't have to live under that. And so I think the biggest switch for me was instead of like fearing those thoughts or whatever, um, like if, if you're afraid of being attacked spiritually, like within your own thoughts is having scripture ready to go to combat whatever lie is coming through your mind, you know, and I'll just give this one example. This actually doesn't really have anything to do with this, but it kind of does. So when I had my baby, I started experiencing anxiety again. And so scary thoughts would come, but I had verses that I would declare over her. So anytime a scary thought would come, I would say, thank you, Jesus, that you make Mabel lie down and sleep in safety because that's a verse. And you wake her up in the morning in perfect health and perfect safety. And I still declare that over her every night. So anytime a scary thought tries to come, that's exactly. And so like any thought that you that you have, just having that go-to scripture ready to say out loud is such a powerful tool in this. And it's honestly like the only tool that you need is the word of God and prayer. I was also going to mention this earlier when you were reading first Peter five, eight through nine, and this is actually one of our soul scriptures as well, but I actually studied Peter a few months back. And when I was reading this passage, the Lord really revealed to me that it said, resist him first. It says, resist him standing firm in the faith. And I looked up resist back then. I did like an Instagram story on this, I think, but I looked up resist and it's, it's to actually deny verbally, like it's to come out and, and, or push back. It's, it's a physical reaction. And I think like I had this moment where I'm like, am I actually resisting the devil or am I entertaining him? Because there's many things that we might say, oh yeah, I, I don't want nothing to do with him. I want nothing to do with that but we still kind of partake on his playground. You know what I mean? And so I'm not saying that means you're deserving of, you know, the enemy attacking you, but I do think it's so important that if the Bible says to resist him, that means we're resisting him verbally. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I don't want to be entertained with anything of the enemy's tactics when it comes to his scheming and what his agenda is and violence and our mouths and our words. And I mean, we're all human and we're all going to maybe make these mistakes every now and then, but to really be, like it said, self-controlled and alert, it means to be cautious and aware of, are we actually resisting him or are we enabling it? You know, and like I said, that's not anything to condemn, but that is when I realized, okay, wait, I need to make some changes in my life. Cause I was saying I was resisting him, but I was still doing things that were really damaging to me. And it was like, I was then getting upset that I had all this trouble and that I was being attacked, even though I was going to church every day and I was reading my Bible every day. 
I was still doing things not according to the word. I was still trying to live my own life. So yeah, just that resist is powerful. Resisting and actually saying, I want no more of my old life. You know, I want no more of my own ways. I want to live fully for him and really, truly tell the enemy to get away and have nothing to do with me in my life. Well, and I think one of the biggest ways that we tend to like play in that playground, as you were saying, is by talking about what we're going through. And I'm not saying by any means that you don't need to talk about, like you need to talk to someone if you're going through something. But I so often just in casual conversation, hear people say, oh yeah, I just have such bad anxiety or, you know, I just, I struggle with this. Like, again, hear me. I'm not saying that you don't need to talk to someone. Tell that one confidant, tell that one friend, that therapist, whoever it is, what you're going through so that you can move past it, but stop living in it and playing in that playground by constantly dwelling on it and letting that be how you speak and in your daily casual conversation. That is only giving more power to that thing. And I specifically remember, and I know I'm kind of going into anxiety a lot, which I'm sure we have an episode about anxiety um, because that's something that I used to struggle with majorly. But I remember when I was, I think in high school, when I was struggling with anxiety, I remember my mom saying, because I just... I came home one day and I was like, I just don't know what's wrong. Like, I just, I feel so attacked. Like I feel so anxious. And my mom was like, that is the one thing that the enemy, like he thinks that he has you on because as soon as that thought comes in your mind, Oh, anxiety, you're focused on it. And so we have got to start speaking the opposite. The more that we focus on that and are afraid of it, you know, whatever it is, anxiety, whatever it is that you're feeling attacked with, the more that you're giving power to that thing, you know, and I feel like that's with anything in life, anything oh, yeah. that we are focused on, we are giving more power to it. So yeah, like in, in claiming those things that be not as though they were, mm. is that is what the word tells us to do. Claim yeah. those things that be not as though they were. So if you're struggling with you know, sinful, sinful thoughts or lustful thoughts or whatever. Let's just use that as an example. That's your thing. You're struggling with those lustful thoughts. Then we need to find a scripture that talks about how you have a a pure heart, a pure mind. And anytime those thoughts come in, we're going to claim that scripture. We're going to declare it out loud and it'll be so second nature. You'll have it memorized after saying it several times and it'll just come right out. And that, when you speak those words out loud, it's not woo-woo type stuff. That's what your heart and your mind is focusing on. You're hearing yourself. You're listening to yourself. And it's speaking out to the spiritual world, the truth. And the enemy has to flee. He has to bow down to the word of God. Yep, exactly. Because he has final authority. All the enemy can do is give you empty threats. And in first Peter five, eight through nine, the verse that we shared earlier, when it says your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He prowls around like a lion. He is not the lion. It says like a lion. He doesn't actually have any power. We see that in the second part of the verse when God tells us resist him standing firm in the faith. So it is possible. There's another verse too, that says submit to, I think this is in like second Timothy Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And so the enemy has no choice but to flee. When I, it's three steps, three steps, submit to God. Okay, how do I do that? 
by reading my word, focusing on the word, praying. Honestly, like that's how simple the Christian life is. Yeah. The word and prayer and worship. And worship. Yeah. Bidding to God, resisting him when those thoughts come, when those temptations come. We resist it by not focusing on it and not or not giving into that sin if it's a temptation to sin. And equals he will flee from you. Period. Mm-hmm. Like that is the final word. Yeah. And just a reminder too, normally, I mean, the enemy comes after what you put out. So like Sydney was saying, if you're always talking about your anxiety, the enemy is going to use anxiety in your life. If you're always talking about how you can't stop sleeping around and this is just your lifestyle and you just feel like you'll never get rid of it, you'll probably always be tempted with wanting to sleep around. If you feel like you've told yourself, like I'll forever be someone who drinks all the time, I'll just never be able to get rid of that. Um, My mom's an alcoholic. My grandma's an alcoholic. Her grandma's an alcoholic. Um, It's always gone in my family. I'll never get rid of it. You're probably going to struggle with alcoholism. Like it's something to just look dead in the face and say, I am not struggling with this. It's almost like, and I don't want to play the whole fake it till you make it. Cause really at the end of the day, you're actually just pouring power in Jesus's whole mission here on the cross was to renew our mind and give us a new life. And so for me, I just want to share some of my personal stuff. You know, when I first came back, well, not, not first, but whenever I decided to rededicate my life to the Lord, there were some areas in my life that I really didn't think were a bad thing. Um, but I was, I was the girl that felt like sleeping around was like, okay. Like, you know, if you're dating the person and I thought that was a very old school tradition, you know, culturally it's very old school. And when I decided to rededicate that part of my life, I'll tell you what, I had so many exes text me at midnight and those temptations were immediately, I had not talked to these people in years. So spiritual warfare is real. I really do believe that like when you are on the right track to doing something for the kingdom, Satan, I mean, read the book of Job, you know, like it's the whole, it's literally an entire picture of God saying like, my child's going to be faithful to me. And that is the world we're living in right now where the enemy will come and test God's children and tempt them. And we're all just trying to do our best and follow the Lord and everything that we do. But I just remember being like, how is it that two or three of these guys text me all within the same night? And I'm like, no, you can't have me anymore. And I had to physically say that I blocked these people's numbers. I, you know, would sleep with my Bible in the bed. Like I was doing all of these things. And it's like turning your life away from sin is not an easy task, but it is so doable with Jesus. And I don't want to make it seem hard. I don't want it to make it seem boring and lifeless. And like, oh, this Christian walk is just dreadful. No, it's actually like the most at peace, fun and exciting walk you can have, but it doesn't come without some work and some change in your everyday life. And so that was one of my things. I also had a time where, so I've been sober two years from alcohol and, um, well, I had one sip at my bachelorette party and it was so disgusting. I'll be honest. Um, I was like, Oh, this is why I don't do it. I just can't do it. Cause I don't drink it bad. I really don't. But I just remember being like, we all went out to dinner and I was like, Oh yeah, I'll have one. I'm like, Ooh, I just can't like, I really am repulsed by alcohol now. So anyways, I decided to stop drinking though permanently. Whenever I realized I was doing it to get the edge off of everything. It was a 
when I'm with friends, I have to drink. When I'm at a restaurant, I have to drink. When I'm at home and I'm about to watch a movie, I have to drink. Whenever I'm, you know, wanting to sit down and just do a puzzle, I have to drink. Like I realized this drink was almost kind of like a cell phone in my life where it was just like, I need it all the time. And it wasn't that I was getting drunk every time, but it was like, even the one drink was making me feel like that. So in my life, yes, it was an idol. So it became a sin in my life because I was putting it over praying and putting it over just going to God with my stresses and things like that. So anyways, I decided to stop drinking, but it's so funny when I did that, how many people were questioning me and like pushing me to be like, one drink is fine, you know, and like, it's everything is fine. Like, you know, and they always say like, well, Jesus drank wine, you know, and it's like, I understand that. I'm not saying it's bad for anyone else, but for me, I knew what the Lord was doing in my heart and he was purifying these old ways. And so it's just knowing that if you're looking at your sin and being like, I don't want to do this anymore. Don't be shocked if the minute you say that something is going to come up where you're going to have to say no again and say no again and say no again and say no again. again. Because as you start to do that, as you start to turn your back from your old life, y'all, there's going to be a day where you don't even think about it anymore. I remember marrying my husband and being like, we haven't slept together in over almost two years and we were engaged and we know we were doing all that, but you don't think about how dreadful that is. You think about how awesome it is that the Lord renews you. And like, now we understand what sex was made for and what it was intended for in marriage. And so anyways, just to say like being able to resist the devil and resist his temptations taking on that spiritual attack after is only going to fortify your faith and fortify your walk. And it's going to make you stronger. You just need to have, I think, like Sid said, most importantly, the scripture that you're constantly speaking out loud. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, definitely go. If you haven't um, listened to our episode on the power of the tongue, go listen to that. And I think that'll encourage you as well. Yeah. So let's hop into some soul scriptures. We obviously already pointed out first Peter five, eight through nine, which says be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, resist him standing firm in the faith. So we kind of already broke out, broke down the second part of that, but I just wanted to kind of point out the very first part, because this is a good reminder to me, honestly, reading this, be self-controlled and alert. So if the Lord is telling us to be self-controlled, then obviously we are given self-control. So we have the choice to choose self-control, right? It's a choice. So in those moments, kind of like Joe was talking about, when you're feeling tempted, that is your opportunity to choose self-control. Yeah. Yeah. So that's your opportunity to choose that self-control. And it is difficult at first when all your friends are going out and getting drunk and you want to go get drunk too. It's hard to choose that, but you have to trust that God knows best. And he's not, he doesn't give us rules because he just wants to have control over us. No, like the Lord knows what's best for you. And he knows that when you stop going out and getting drunk, you're going to live a much more intentional life, a much happier life, a better mental, mentally healthy life. Like you're going to make better decisions. You're not going to sin while you're drunk. Like there's just so many things. And so that is when we have to choose that self-control. And then like Jordan said, before you know it, that sin will not be tempting you anymore, or at least not as, as bad, you know, like you, you'll eventually not feel that desire anymore. And then I also wanted to point out how it says be alert, you know? So 
And again, I'm same as Jordan. I'm not against alcohol. I drink alcohol. I don't drink a lot of it like at one time, but just reading that word alert and some versions of this verse also says sober minded. It's just, it's being alert mentally. If you're having too much alcohol or you're partaking in drugs, whatever it is, you're not going to be alert. And the enemy, like it says, the enemy is prowling, waiting for that moment for you to be off your guard, to be not alert. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just thought that was important to point that out as well. I want to add this too really quickly. The enemy doesn't attack the very beginning. I really don't think he does. I'm not the enemy and I don't know everything, but I'm just saying... What I'm actually trying to say is I think the enemy wants us to partake in sin multiple times before we hit rock bottom in it. I think he tempts us to continue on and let it be fun. Let it be social. Let it be culturally accepted. Letting it be normalized until you don't realize how much anxiety, depression, just kind of a mess of your life. And I'll be really honest. That's exactly what my life was when I started sleeping around at first. It was fun. I was the friend that like had all the juicy stories. I was going on really fun dates and they were paying for them. And I was just like living my best life in my twenties. And like, then there was nights where I was just hysterically crying because I felt gross and I felt dirty. And I was telling myself I was dirty and I was telling myself that how could I ever even step back into church being who I was? And that's exactly how the enemy works. He wants you to have bliss and fun, but then he deceives you in that same moment to to bring you in. And so that's why I think that being self-controlled and alert is so important because, you know, there's a scripture and it says the enemy is deceived as light sometimes. He will deceive himself as light. And so we can't partake in this sin because we already know the minute that we start declaring our lives, he's going to try and bring us back. And so it is just being so firm and self-controlled and saying, and it, being prepared for him to come and saying, no, you know, you're not the Lion of Judah. You know, you're not going to prowl around me anymore. You know, you have no hold over me anymore. Rather than being like, I always struggle with this. Am I ever going to get through this? Am I ever going to actually be free of this? You know, it's just like standing in confidence in that. Okay. You just made me want to tell a short story really quick. Okay. Go for it. So one time I was on a hike in in the mountains. I was hiking and I came across this snake and the snake says a story or just a real story. Oh, okay. Go ahead. (laughs) I'm like, this sounds very fictional. I can't imagine (laughs) approaching a snake and not on a hike, but go ahead. Mabel's laughing with us. And I came across this snake. And the snake said to me, I'm so cold. Would you please just put me in your coat? I'm so cold. It's it's freezing out here. I'm cold blooded. And I looked at him and I was like, you know, no, you're going to bite me. Snakes bite. I'm not putting you in my coat. No, please, please. I'm just so cold. I'm shivering. It's freezing down here on the ground. No, 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 snake. I'm I'm nervous that you're going to bite me. You can't get in my coat, please. I just beg of you. Just it'll be nice. I'll be warm. So finally, I gave in and I put the snake in my coat. And you know, we started walking up the mountain, and he's all warm, and things are going well. And then all of a sudden, he bit me. And I looked at him, and I, I threw him down, and I said, "You told me that you weren't going to bite me." And he said. 
you knew I was a snake when you put me in there. And that is literally exactly how the enemy works, y'all. He is the tempter and the accuser. He will tempt you into thinking, oh, this thing's going to be fun. It's going to be a great time. And then when you give into the sin and you get bit, you get hurt by it. Then he accuses you and he starts shaming you. Oh, you knew better than, oh, you shouldn't have been sleeping around. You're disgusting. Why'd you, why'd you fall back into that sin again? And then when the temptation comes again, oh, it'll be so fun. Oh, you're disgusting. You shouldn't have done that. And so just keep that in mind. Mm, That's so true. And honestly, that's what this whole message is about is you're going to be drawing near to God at the same time as you're going to be going through spiritual attack. Like those are hand in hand. And we're told in the Bible over and over and over again, that spiritual warfare is real. So it's just knowing who the enemy is, knowing his tactics and knowing your protection. I think so many Christians don't realize how protected they are. They think, you know, oh, well, now that I'm a Christian, all I'm going to do is have to go through all this warfare. And it's just so hard. And like, I just really must be doing something right because, you know, the enemy's really coming after me. You know, we live in this like dreadful space when in reality, the Lord does not say be fretful. It actually says, do not fret. He tells us, do not worry for anything, even if it is something that the enemy is coming back at us for, because we're actually supposed to be walking in joy and so much faith that we know the enemy can't touch us. Even when the enemy thinks he's touching us, even whenever he does wreak havoc in our lives, sometimes it's like looking the enemy in the eyes and still smiling and saying, I have the joy of the Lord. Like that makes the enemy the most mad, honestly, is like when he knows he can't touch us. And at some point he will go away because it does say that the enemy is not omnipotent. He cannot be everywhere at the same time. So like how God is. So just know he can't be with you 24 seven. He cannot be at you 24 seven. So just stand your ground, be alert, resist him, stand in faith, And I also encourage you to read um, the armor of God and speak that over you daily. It's Ephesians six, just read the whole chapter, but anywho, so just wanted to make sure you guys know, like it, it, it's going to happen, but it's not, it's, it doesn't have to be this like dreadful walk for the rest of your journey with the Lord. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I honestly give no attention to it anymore. And it, it, I think I'm just so used to walking in the word and like in my authority. I'm not saying my life's perfect. I go through things, but I feel like the Lord has given me such a positive mindset and I just use the word of God. Like it is literally my tool. It is my sword. And the more that you practice that, the stronger you're going to get in it. Yeah. And I, I just want to add this last thing. I know we're still talking so much on this one scripture, but I just want to give you the encouragement knowing like you can live an anxious free life. You really can. I think we live in a world today that it is so normalized to be anxious and depressed. And we aren't talking about how that actually can be cured. Like, I do believe that God can cure that. And I'm not going into anything medical or, you know, chronic or anything like that. But I just want you to know, I want to give the encouragement that nothing with Jesus is permanent when it comes to illnesses, to depression, anxiety. I mean, I've seen people even in my own life that have had such severe anxiety now, like not struggle with it at all, like zero. And I'm watching it before my eyes. It's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You too. Like 
it's something that is only done by Jesus and his word and his, in the hope that he gives us. So if you're listening to this and you're just like, yeah, but you just don't know about my stuff. I hope this is encouraging that. And I hope the Lord meets you today that even you, like even you and everything that maybe you're dealing with, everything that you feel like the enemy is coming after you with, the Lord can still overcome every single bit of your story. 100%. And since we're talking about anxiety, I always have to give this disclaimer because I did just say like, I'm anxiety free. I don't have anxiety anymore. I do take medication now. And this was after like 10 years of me praying, Lord, heal me, heal me. And he led me to go and talk to a counselor and to get on medication. And that was his way of healing me. But there are people who the Lord just literally removes it from your life. And so God can heal you in whatever way he sees fit for you. And so that's just a side note. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Our next scripture is first Corinthians 10, 13. It says, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. This scripture is almost kind of also convicting at the same time. Cause I can't tell you how many times I've been tempted and I fall into that temptation and think I just had no other way out. I was just like, I had no willpower. I tried so hard. I just couldn't do it. And it's like knowing that the Lord always gives us that way out. And I want to side note a scripture where it talks about how, I don't know which one it is, but it's talking about, don't keep your sin in secret. Like always share with someone you trust your sin, because the minute you share it, it has no power. So if you're new in your walk and you are feeling like you're constantly being tempted by this sin that you no longer want to do. And actually, so me and my husband were in celebrate recovery together and they talk about this all the time. When you finally decide, like, I'm not going to drink anymore. I don't want to do this drug anymore. I'm not going to sleep around anymore. I'm not going to X, Y, Z anymore. Your next day is the hardest because it's the very first day that you're now having to like have this self-control. But they say, if you tell people what you're dealing with and what you're struggling with, your temptation drops drastically. And it makes you wonder because the enemy comes to the sheep that's the weakest. And the weakest is the one that's furthest from the flock. So actually is the sheep with flock? Please leave that in there. So no, I'm dead serious. I think so. I, I mean, I can. What's do- a, or is it herd? No, a herd is a cow. Flock. What is a flock of sheep called? Okay, it's a flock of sheep. It's I'm good. I'm right. Okay. Whew. Good job in there for y'all's entertainment. So, <laughs> um, I don't know why flock sounded like maybe like a flock of birds. So I was like, wait. I agree I- with that. <laughs> But then it becomes after the sheep that's not with the flock. And so by you not sharing your temptation and your struggles with somebody else, there is so much more power and the enemy feels like he can prowl more around you. So get in community, share that with people. Don't now share it with people you trust, people who aren't going to condemn you or tempt you and tell you that you don't need to. Y'all, I had so many people be like, you don't need to stop sleeping around. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, And I mean, everything in me made me question why I was doing what I was doing. So make sure you're sharing it with the right people. But just know sharing your temptation will help you be able to bear that temptation. And whenever he says he gives you a way out, I really do believe that's through community. I think that's through having a trusted person saying, hey, I'm really struggling with this right now. And they're like, hey, come over. Let's spend the time together. Don't be alone tonight. 
don't do this tonight. Let's, you know, let's not go out with them tonight. Let's stay in together. Like there's people that can help you as well. So I just love this scripture. I think it's a good reminder to know you're never stuck in your temptation. And the Lord is always going to show you that way out. You just have to be willing to, to walk it. You have to be willing to turn towards it and go through it. Yes. And ask him to help you. Like something I pray often is Lord, when you give me those outs, like you promised those ways out of temptation, help me to walk in it. Help me to follow that way. Um, And Joe, I actually just Googled the verse that you were talking about earlier. Proverbs 28, 13 says, if you hide your sins, you will not succeed. If you confess and reject them, you will receive mercy. Mm. Yeah, that was the one I was thinking about. Okay, so for our soul assignment, if you're new here, we always just like to have, we call them soul assignments, but it's something that you can just go into this week doing that can increase your walk with the Lord, increase your relationship, ease stress or anxiety. It's just always something that's applicable to, or applicable, applicable. You know it, you're about to say it. Applicable. Applicable. Is that what I said first? I give up. Applicable. This is just something that you can apply to your life throughout the week. And so this week, we want you guys to focus on either A, you can find your own scriptures that you feel like are encouraging to you to resist that spiritual warfare or resist being tempted by sin. Or you can use the ones that we shared today, which I'll re-say those. Um, we have First Peter 5, 8 through 9. James four through seven. We didn't read that one, but it's a good one. And first Corinthians 10, 13. So if you want to write those out, I encourage you to put those on sticky notes, multiple, put them on your mirror in your bathroom, put them in your car, put them at your work, put them, you know, on your nightstand, put them anywhere that you feel like you are going to need to read those and read them out loud. Truly there is so much power in the tongue. And like I said, go to our episode and we talk about the power of the tongue, but reading these out loud lets the enemy know that the, the space around you can't be touched. It's letting him know that he's not allowed in your household or in your house. And so just, we encourage you put these on sticky notes, read them out loud throughout the week and really resist the enemy verbally. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We really, truly do appreciate you being here and being a part of this podcast. Um, I'm going to pray over you and we hope that you go back and listen to more episodes or join us on our next episode. Lord, um, I just want to lift up the listener of this episode and I just pray that anytime that she feels attacked, anytime that she feels tempted, Lord, that you would help her to use the power of your word to overcome it. Lord, I thank you that your word promises us that if we submit to God, resist the enemy, he will flee from us. That is the truth. That is a fact, period. And so I thank you for helping for helping us to submit to you. Lord, help her to keep on keeping on with reading her word and talking to you, Lord, and worshiping. And I just thank you that you are with her and that there's nothing more powerful than you and your word. And I pray that you you help her to have a positive mindset and just a mind that is focused on you and your goodness, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening in this week. If you'd like to connect with us more, head over to our Instagram at withinhersoul.co. We would love to pray for you. And before you go, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a new episode. We can't wait to chat with you next week. See you then.